Welcome back to Mishnah Brewer Yomi. Today we are doing Simon Ayin Aleph. That's 71. We're in the middle of it at the Shulchan Aruch Beis. And we're dealing with who is Potter, or Avel, who is Potter from Krishma. And we're going to go from here until the end of the page. And then tomorrow we'll begin with Ayin Beis, which is 72. But Medvar Ramurim, this that we say in Avel is not obligated in, well, this that we say in Onin, someone who has to bury a relative, is not obligated in Krishma. Bichol, that's on the weekday. Al Shabbos Chayev Kol Hayom. On Shabbos, one is obligated Ad Erev until evening. Im Chashecha Al Tchum Lasasik Lecharekfura Av Im Enu Mechshecha Tchum Achayev Agam Leis Erev. So he says as follows: that so long as it's still Shabbos, you are not an Onin because you cannot involve yourself in the burial, and therefore you have an obligation in all the mitzvos, even those that you are not obligated in when you are an Onin. And that is Ad Ha'erev until evening. Now, when he says Ad Ha'erev, it doesn't mean until actual nightfall, because there's the following. There's a leniency that although normally we don't allow one to prepare from Shabbos to Chol, from Shabbos to the weekday, when it comes to a mitzvah, we allow someone to prepare in the sense that we allow them to, let's say they have to travel, they can walk until the edge of the Tchum, until the edge of the 2,000 Amos, and wait there until the moment Shabbos is over, and then proceed to their destination. So we allow you to, um, we allow you to, to do, do that sort of preparation. It also works for other areas of mitzvah. Let's say a person uh, is getting married. They can walk to the edge of the tchum. So once it gets to that period where you're allowed to walk to the edge of the tchum, now, once again, you're able to involve yourself in, to some extent, in burying the dead, and therefore, you're now no longer obligated in those mitzvahs that you're putter from when you're in owning. But if, let's say, you're not going to do this, let's say you don't need to travel anywhere, so there's no need to go to the tchum, until evening, what about Yom Tov Shani? So we're going to see more about this, but as we know, Yom Tov Shani on Yom Tov, the second day, it's really the Rabbanon, meaning to say, from the purest perspective of the Torah, the second day of of any Yom Tov is not re- there's no sanctity to it. The second day of Shavuos has no sanctity on the level of the Orisa, and therefore we treat it like Chol, like a weekday when it comes to burial. We'll see more what that means. What about Yom Tov itself, the actual first day of Yom Tov? So if you want to use a non-Jew to do the burial, so then we treat it like Chol, as in we waive the tip, the normal prohibition of Amir La'akam, of asking a non-Jew to do work for you, so that you can bury the dead in deference and honor of the dead. But if not, if you want to wait the next day, so then you have to treat it like a regular, ordinary Shabbos. Okay, we'll see more of that. Uh, what the Mishnah is talking about, and especially as regards to the laws of Krishna and other brachos. Says the Mishnah and Beis. So he says as follows, that when you're in Onain, but it's Shabbos, you're uh, obligated in all brachos and all mitzvos, and it's, you're permitted to go to the basic Knesset. Now if you look, he says in the brackets here, except for things that are done in private. What does he mean by that? So this is actually interesting. He's t- the Mishnah is staking a claim here. He's making a claim. And what is that? There's actually an interesting machlokis. When exactly do the nihuge avelus, the customs, the halachas of avelus, when do they begin? Do they begin the second the person dies? It's just that because you're an owner and involved in the burial, therefore we say you can wait until the uh, the, 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 the mace, the dead body, is 
buried, is interred, or do we say no? It's only when once the body is buried, the dirt goes on, the coffin is closed, the, the stone goes on, those are all, I chose all those examples intentionally, then we say that Avelos begins. And what's an Afgamina? What's going to be a ramification? Well, here would be one. That if you say that there are certain Nihugi Avelos that kick in, or they do kick in, once the person is de- de- uh, dead, it's just that we don't have time to deal with it because we have to involve ourselves in the cemetery. I'll give you an example. Back in the day when they only really had leather shoes, which means if you weren't allowed to wear leather shoes, i.e., you were a a avel, so then you couldn't really walk around. Therefore, one can make an argument that really you shouldn't wear leather shoes when you're an onain, except that would impede you from doing what an onain is supposed to do that be burying the, burying the body. So we give you a dispensation that although you have to really keep the Nihugia Velos, you, plus, plus, by the way, you also cannot meet and wine, um, but we allow you to wear your shoes because we waive that issue because we you need to bury the body. That would be, that would be, and, and after me would be, well, nowadays that you have uh, sneakers that can be made totally synthetically, so then perhaps you shouldn't wear leather shoes now because really there's room to say that that you should uh, wear leather you, you, sh- you shouldn't wear leather shoes at all. Another way to look at it, by the way, so that, that you, one can argue that the Mishnah is taking a claim here and saying that really you should be keeping the laws of Avelos. It just happens to be that you're an Onain, but on Shabbos, on Shabbos you're no longer considered Onain, so now the you have to keep the laws of Shiva, and the laws of Shiva are thing, on Shabbos things that are in public with no public manifestation of Avelos, and therefore you have to, um, you, can, you don't have to keep them, but things that are done in private, since there is private morning on Shabbos, you have to keep those. And that could be what the Mishnah is saying. Or you could be alluding to the fact that um, that one can make an argument that although there is no Avelis during the time of Aninus, there's no Avelis, no mourning, the laws of mourning don't begin when one's an Oning, but there's certain things done with Sinah, such as Tashmis and Hamita, having relations with one's wife, or vice versa, that's just not appropriate to do one engage in when one's an Oning. Your, your relative is laying dead, and that's that's what you're doing, and therefore that could be what the Mishnah means. Then the Mishnah, then the Shulchan Aruch told us, unless you're going to the Tchum, and then you have you can stop, you you continue, or you once again begin being an Onain, even close to the end of Shabbos. And this would imply this would include also not just the Avel, the person who's experiencing the loss, but also those who are going to be involved in burying the body. They too now um, are considered Os Mitzvah when they're able to walk into the Tchum. Eno machshich kasevataz. Nearly says the heiligataz to resolve of David Segel. It appears to me that if you um if because you're able, think about this for a second. We daven we're able to daven marav even when it's still light outside. And since you know you're about to enter into a situation where you're no longer going to be able to daven marav, i.e., it's going to be night and then your avelus uh, is going to start again. Excuse me, that Ninus is going to start again. So one should go out of their way and say Krishma when it's still day. Even though the rest of the show is waiting until the clock strikes, the moment the rabbi wrote in the bulletin, Shabbos is over. You should become welcome. You should not. You should not wait for everyone else. But you should go ahead ahead and mikabel accept upon yourself Krishna when it's still day. I'm going to rub some cotton gimel. However, Avram Gurbiner. As in the Magen Avram, the Heilig Heilig Magen Avram writes, "Mash ain't sovereign." He implies this: is, you don't need to follow ties, as in you don't need to go and say Krishna early. The chen kasev el yiraba, the lo yikra Krishna brachas beod yom. Choshkin shalis balb filish man esrei. The near the yikra Krishna v'lo brachas matzei shabbos yochol v'lo havdala v'lo yispalo v'achshivra amaze yivdala fil adsof yom shishi. 
But he, and then the Mishnah says as follows that what he thinks is best is you should say Krishma without the brachos, and then when once once the Shabbos begins, you can eat without havdala, as in because you can't make havdala, so then you can eat, and you shouldn't daven. And after you bury the mace, you can make havdala because, as we know, you can say havdala until the third day, until Tuesday. Which is interesting. The Mishnah also here is staking the claim because there are those who actually will say that once you act totally exempt from havdala, so then there's no need to make it up at all. Whereas Mishnah Bur is saying no, it's not you're exempt from havdala. You just have a patur, but really. You have an obligation to make it, make to say it, and therefore you say it the second you can say it. That would be that once you bury the body. So this now is going up to talking about the on Yom Tov. Second day of Yom Tov is considered a chol, even according to someone who doesn't want to bury. Let's say someone is waiting for whatever reason till after the second day of Yom Tov. He still has to, uh, he still, he's still considered an owning. This is so long as he's able to bury, he just is waiting for whatever reason. I don't know, there's a relative coming from out of town. But let's say a person is not able to bury because it's a, a non-Jewish holiday or some other onus. Or, Tosus points this out, I always hesitate to say something that Tosus says because he might actually quote it, that there was a concern that if the non-Jews see all the Jews burying their dead on the second day, they're going to be like, oh, wait, second day of Yandav isn't really a Yandav, and then they're going to make them go to work or do other sort of violations. Therefore, lo chalav aninus, if you can't bury it, it's not aninus, the cause of the chachmas adun de imeis, lo meis biyom tov vishachas, vishachat tefilu, makom shun minak, lo hoshib gabayim, lo kvotsam al achat tefilu, lo chalav az, aninus vichayv lespalo, tavikamo onus. Let's say it's right before shachas. And there's no time to go and to get the Chaver uh, Kedusha. They're all going to be busy davening. So then you're not considered an own and you should daven. And also it seems to be there's a minimum custom not to bury at night. So therefore, if the, the mace is, happens at night, so not, not you treat it like regular Yantav. And you can do everything, but you can't learn because we know learning Torah is Gishmak. Learning Torah makes one happy. We love learning Torah. And because we love learning Torah, therefore, therefore you shouldn't learn. But this is all in Yontif. But if it's a regular day, your ordinary weekday, so then even if it's at night or if it's during the day and the, and the Gabbayim aren't around, you still are considered an Onin. This is a fascinating one. Let's say a person is davening and suddenly they find out they're an Onin. Oh, Yigmar, oh, Yaspik. So he's interesting. The word is not Machria. He kind of says, I guess some say you should finish and some say you should stop. Some say you should finish what you're doing and some say stop immediately, immediately where you're up to. It's interesting, by the way. I'm just. You know, Interesting uh, topic. There are those who, uh, one of the things an Onin can't do is work in the base of Migdash. What if someone is working, a Kohen's in the middle of bringing a carbon, and suddenly they find out they're an Onin? Or for that matter, they find out they're tummy or they have some other soul. What should they do? So we will, well, go do some homework. Fine. Gimel. Back in the Shokhnarch, I'm a Shamer, it's a mace, I feel ain't a mace potter. Person who's guarding the dead body, even if it's not their dead body, as in they're not consi- they're not an Avel, they're exempt. You're exempt because you're always with the a mitzvah, and you shouldn't you shouldn't even volunteer to do so. Because why are you watching the mace? The reason you watch the mace is to make sure that there are no rodents come and start uh, doing nivelha mace, come and start defacing the body. And therefore, if you want to be machbar on yourself, you're gonna end up you can cause a potential 
catastrophe where the animals will come. So you can't even volunteer. Let's see, you have two people watching it, so one person can read while the other one watches, and then they switch place. Says the um, hey, Hofer Kaira Lemais Potter, one who's digging the grave digger is also exempt. I feel the shas nuach, even if it's you know, it's, it's very easy. What if he's taking a rest for a moment? So he says, even then he's exempt. Why? Because that's all part of the process of digging. Because you're going to gain strength, you're taking a moment to pause, to gain strength, then you'll start to re dig. What if you have multiple grave diggers? But if so, if you need all of them together, so then you're exempt. But if there's room to, and you can someone take a break, and an actual break, and someone else can take the place, so then then you should read it. This is so long as you're able to do it in a way that you're not going to cause any break in the digging. As we want to make sure everything's done efficiently. Last but not least, Zion. One is not allowed to. It's prohibited to read Krishma uh, within four amos, within four amos, which is about six to eight feet of a dead body, or in a basic kvaros. And if you do so, you're not yotze. Why is that? Now, people are not careful about this. It's just fascinating. Um, why they're not careful about this. Also, people uh, say Hespedim, where they, they, they quote all sorts of psukim, and it's also very fascinating why that's allowed. It seems to be that's the minog. Um, what's the issue? It's the issue of log rush. You're mocking. Well, how are you mocking? Because you're basically saying to the mace, you now are dead. You can no longer do mitzvos. And look at me. I'm privileged. I can still do mitzvos. Oh, basic fars, I'm Lel Simon Memhe, specific cut an olive, but Mishnah Mashakas had to show the Indian Liknos, but it's fillin, Wodil Indian Zeh. And you'll see the same thing you shouldn't wear tefillin or titus out, etc., etc. Here's a little, um, little uh, fact, Jewish, uh, Jewish, I don't call it history, but a Jewish, modern Jewish fact. The very first Temen Halacha, of which there are over 1,200 of them now in Wai Torah, the very first Temen Halacha by Rabbi Ayer Leibowitz was on this topic. Because we are we want to be so careful about this idea of Log Larash, that if you do read it, the Chazal say you're not going to be Yotzi. They punished you, you're not going to be Yotzi. I feel how you're shogig. They answer last Likros, the Rabbit disagrees. Came to Makam Hu, how you roi Lakrosbo. So what do we do? Halacha. So halacha is the rivet says you don't have to. The rivet says you should. As we say, Krishna, which is the rivet, you should repeat. Whereas the brachas, you should not. I wish you all a wonderful day.